Thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. For more information about our church, service times, and resources, please check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com. You can also search One Cause Church on Facebook and on Twitter. God bless you. A few years ago, I met Phil Valdez. Actually, I met him in Columbus, Texas. I don't even know if you remember that when our youth groups used to go out there to Tommy and Rachel Burtsfield's camp, and you guys did this whole Matrix skit. I remember that. I was blown away by that. And uh, anyway, and that, he, he was youth pastor. For, how many years were you there? Ten years at Abundant Living Faith Center in El Paso, Texas with Pastor Charles and Rochelle Neiman there. Got a great ministry there and uh, good friends of ours. And, and Phil... He's a youth pastor out there, but about three months ago, he launched out and moved to California. Kind of, we kind of have the same story. His youth pastor left and went to California. Does that sound familiar? So did ours. You guys in cahoots together? Actually, they're totally different places. Jeremy is in another place, but Phil is um, uh, starting a new work out there in the San Diego area, in Temecula, and uh, with his family. And so we're real excited about what God's new venture is for him and his loved ones. And so he's here with us today, and uh, I want you to give him a great One Cost Church welcome to my friend, Pastor Phil Valdez. How about we give it up for you, pastors, Pastor Eric and his beautiful wife. We love them so much and what, what God is doing. Don't you see the funniest things that happen in church? I mean, you know, during worship, cell phones are going off. And, and, uh, and I like my brother back here. His cell phone went off. And I thought the funniest thing was that he couldn't shut it off. And, and, uh, and I think that he was probably playing. And then he realized he heard a song. He's like, wow, I really like that song. And then he realized it was on his phone. And then he realized his phone was going off. And he was, I don't know if you saw him back there, but he's trying to shut it off. And everybody's trying to stay focused on the Lord. But I learned a lesson. You really need to watch what your ringtone was. And thank God that he had a good one on there. But I've heard some other ones. And, uh, but it, it's, it's, it's really good to be in church this morning. As Pastor Eric said, I've been in El Paso for almost 11 years. And God started to do work in me about three months ago. And actually, probably about nine months ago now. But three months we've been in, in California. We're going to plant a church from the ground up. We believe God's calling us to do that. And God is doing a work in California. And somebody said, well, don't you know there's a lot of kind of weird people in California? And I said, you know what? I know. And that's why God called me there because I feel right at home. How I many of you know? And so God's doing something there. And we're just happy to be a part of it. And uh, we love your pastors. And let's give it up one time, though, for Jesus. Amen. For he's the, he's the true special guest. This morning, I want to talk to you about a subject that I call change. Everybody say that. Say change. And not the change in your pocket, but truly what change is. And I had a message. I've been preaching this message probably for a year now. Little did I know that this message would actually become a theme of my life. And uh, I want to share it with you today because I think change is something that a lot of people talk about, but they rarely do. And I think you, you want to change. It's good. That, that's where it starts. There has to be a want, but it's got to be more than a want. You can't just want change. You can't just sing about change. When you wish upon a star makes no difference who you are. 
You can sing about change. I mean, but you can really, really, really want to change and still do nothing. But until you do something different, then change happens. And what's interesting is that a lot of us have heard this definition of insanity. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. And some of us have heard that definition, and yet we continue to do the same things over and over and over again and expect different results. But unless you change what you do, then you're always going to have what you have because the same actions bring about the same results. So if you want something different, something different has to be done. And so that's what change is. Let me just tell you this. Change is a gift from God. It's a gift from God that we can change. And so this morning, this is what I want to do. I want to look at a a familiar story in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. If you have your Bibles or your phones or your iPads, uh, go ahead and take that out and turn to Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. This is what the Bible says. Immediately he, who is he, Jesus, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. And he sent the crowds away. Verse 23, after he had sent the crowds away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. Verse 24, but the boat was already at a distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Somebody say contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, really about 4 a.m., they believe, he came to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out with fear. I really think Peter said, you know what? It's Jesus. I think Thomas said, I doubt it. And then Judas said, I'll bet you 32 pieces of silver that it's not. I'm kidding. Verse 27. But immediately, Jesus spoke. Sometimes when I read the Bible, I have ADD, ADHD, AT&T, and Verizon Wireless all going on in my head. And, and so sometimes when I read, little things filter in. And uh, I really like your dress, by the way. I'm sorry. That's that ADD. It's just, but verse 20. But, but immediately, Jesus, when I went to the doctor when I was seven, he said, you have ADD, and he got really mad because I wasn't paying attention to him. Anyway, but immediately, Jesus spoke to them saying, Take courage, it is I. And Jesus said, do not be afraid. In verse 28, Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and began to stink. I mean, to sink, I'm sorry. He, you gotta, I'm just making sure you're reading with me, tracking with me there. He cried out, Lord, save me, verse 31, immediately. Everybody say that with me. Say immediately. Immediately. Come on, say a little bit louder. Immediately. Immediately, Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind stopped, in verse 33, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, You are truly God's son. Let's bow our heads and let's pray this morning. Father God, we thank you for your presence in our lives. We, we do. We, we, we thank you, Father, for all that you do in our lives and that change is possible and that you do the ultimate change on the inside of us. But, Lord, change is not just a one-time event in our life. It should be a process in our lives, Lord. And I just pray that our hearts would be open, Father, that our ears would be open to hear what you have to say in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Oh, come on. Everybody said? Amen. You know, I want to talk to you today about three barriers 
and three benefits of change. Now, every time a speaker or a pastor will talk about a familiar story, we always have to be careful because then what we try to do is we try to predict what the Holy Spirit's going to do because we've heard this story before. It's a very popular story. As a matter of fact, I remember hearing this story. I was probably about seven. I grew up in church, and, and I really, we believe in the local church. You need to get your kids in church as early as possible because I'll tell you what, they need to learn about God, and they learn about their identity, and they learn about who he is, and it changes their life, and they need to realize that they have a destiny and a purpose at a young age, and, and I'll tell you what, I was about seven years old, and I remember hearing this story for the very first time, and children's church is nowhere like it is today. Today, they're bumping and going and having fun, and we were actually stuck in some closet with this little, like, flannel board, and uh, on this, like, little easel that they had, and uh, on that flannel board, they had cut out pictures, and one was of Jesus, one was of the boat, one was really cool, looked like waves, and they would stick that underneath, kind of like Velcro, it would stick on there underneath the boat. They had the little disciples in the boat. And I remember our, our teacher was talking about Jesus walking on the water. But I guess what had happened was because they used Jesus so much, he started to lose his stickiness on the board. And so the teacher's talking, and all of us are watching, and we're very interested. And all of a sudden, Jesus starts to just peel off the board. And as he starts to peel off the board, he falls on the floor, unbeknownst to the teacher. But we're all just sitting there going, oh, my God, we've never seen Jesus peel off the board. And so Jesus peels on the, off the board and falls on the floor. And as little kids, we don't know what to do. You know, we're kind of chuckling. Some kid starts to cry. And uh, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the teacher didn't know that Jesus was on the floor. And so he puts his right foot right and steps, and then he steps on Jesus. And now Jesus is under his feet. But see, I was told my whole life that the devil was under our feet, not Jesus. So this is very confusing to a seven-year-old child. A lot of mixed emotions. Other kids are crying. Some kids can't breathe. Jesus is underneath our teacher's foot. And he's teaching us, and he sees a whole bunch. Is that our, this one works. Is it all right if I use this one? Yeah. All right. Sure. Cool. Go ahead. Could you just do me a little bit of a favor? Could you just put a little more trouble in this, um, if that's all right? Okay. And so where, where was Jesus? was on the floor, and the kids are looking like this. The, the teacher looks, and then he sees that Jesus is now under his foot. Very awkward moment. Kids are screaming at this point. Their hero, their savior, has just been killed by their Sunday school teacher. What is the teacher to do in these moments? And this is where you have to really rely on creativity. And so the teacher looks, he looks at us, and we're all crying. Some kids are screaming. And he looks down, and he sees Jesus. And all of a sudden, I mean, this guy was creative. He went from Jesus walking on the water. Now Jesus had died. And he told us, ladies and gentlemen, he said, Jesus not only walked on water, but he died. And then he picked Jesus up off of his foot, and he stuck him back on the board. And he said, and he rose again. And all the kids, <laughs> Now, some of my friends, including myself, we had to go to counseling after that, but, um, but all of us have heard this story in one form of another. So I don't know how or when you've heard this story, how many times, but I'm just asking today, just open up your heart and let's talk about change. I want you to notice something in this story that Jesus sends the disciples ahead, and the Bible says this, the Bible says that the wind 
was already contrary. There was already a storm. So they are in the middle of a storm. And, and that can kind of be like life. Life sometimes brings storms. And it's not, sometimes it's not a spiritual thing. It's just a result of other people's choices, our choices sometimes. Um, and sometimes it is a spiritual thing. Sometimes the devil's just coming in and there is a storm. And this is what I love about this story. In the midst of the storm, here are the disciples. Jesus comes to them. Now check this out. Jesus comes to them, and the only way that the disciples really can describe what he looks like is a ghost. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's a ghost. And we know, because we are reading this many years later, that, okay, it's Jesus walking on the water. And I think sometimes when we read this, we think, well, it's just Jesus walking on the water. It's no big deal. But see, we knew that. But they didn't know that because they had never seen Jesus do that before. And so for them, it was something totally different because it didn't look like what they thought it would look like. They didn't think that Jesus would do that, but he did it. And so they're looking and they see this ghost-like figure. And what's interesting to me is that they start to freak out. And the first thing that Jesus does is he, he calms their fear and he says, take courage. But here is the first barrier to change. Fear of the unknown. What are you afraid of? I don't know, but I'm afraid. And fear has that, 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 that way about it. It can paralyze you. You don't even know what you're afraid of, but you're afraid. Fear actually attracts the worst. Fear is actually a negative faith. Faith actually believes, you know what, the positive. Fear actually believes we're all going to die. We're just all going to die. That's just, that's absolute. And, and the Bible says, even Job said, my greatest fear has come upon me. And here's what fear does. Fear takes something that is totally good and turns it into something negative. Ladies and gentlemen, this was not a ghost. This was Jesus coming to them. And this is what I love about this story. Jesus was walking above the storm. Jesus was walking above the winds that were contrary. And I want to tell you this morning at One Cause Church, we serve a God who walks on water. But I, but I want to encourage you. A lot of times we have this idea, this cookie-cutter mentality of what Jesus looks like. This dude with long hair, this dude with a beard and a robe and sandals. And that's we put him in this little box. But in this story, he came to them in a way that they were not familiar with. And here's my question. If God this morning wants to do something that you are not familiar with, will you let him do that in your life? Or does it always have to be the way that you think it has to be? And here's the first benefit of change. That Jesus totally can make things different. See, ladies and gentlemen, there is life beyond what you know and what you think. And God can totally do something different. The Bible even says he can do more than you can even imagine. So even in our imagination is limited to what God can do. But if we put him in the realm of our just imagination, we can limit him. And so here's what Jesus was doing. Jesus was basically saying, just because you haven't seen this before, doesn't mean that I can't do it. I am not limited just to what you can see. I want to change the way you think. Come on, everybody say change. And this is what I love about Jesus. Here he comes walking to the, on the water. And Peter said, Lord. If it's you, command me to come. And this is what I love about Jesus. Jesus doesn't just come to them walking on the water and says, hold on, Peter. 
I want you to see how awesome I am on this water. I am an awesome God, I am. <laughs> Through heaven and earth I reign. I'm an awesome. I'm the king. I'm the Lord. I'm the Savior. Look at me walking on this water. Guys, just check it out. He didn't say that. He could have. He could have. I'm God. You're not. I mean, he could have all that stuff. But you know what? He didn't do that. You know what I love about Jesus is that when Peter asked this question, can I come? Jesus is like, absolutely. Come walk on the water with me. And ladies and gentlemen, that has always been God's plan that you be with him. Even in the middle of the storm, he's walking on the storm. And this is what he says. He says, come walk over the storm with me. And Peter says, I will come. And he get, yeah, you can put your hands together. And he says, come on. I want to want you to walk. But here's the second barrier. And a lot of us experience this. The second barrier to change is what I call comfort. There's a reason why they call that chair the lazy boy. We can get so comfortable in our lives and we can get so familiar with things that we don't change. I tweeted the other day, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. You can get so comfortable that you begin to chill and then eventually you get frozen. And your life with Christ becomes boring and it's not God's fault. Man, life, Christianity and life with God and life of faith is adventurous. It's risky. I love it. But when you become and you start to get bored with your Christianity, I would say that it's maybe because God is calling you to change, but you're still staying in the boat. The boat to me represents comfort. The boat represents to me the way we always do things. They had some fishermen as disciples. Hey, we're going to go fishing. Well, you know what? Let's get the boat. We're going to go fishing. Well, let's go get the jet skis. You know what? We're going to go fishing. Let's. And Jesus is like, listen, I know you've never seen this before, but when I'm around, you don't need a boat. When I'm around, you don't need a jet ski. We can walk on water. See, that just like blows your mind. It gives you a headache, like all my life in a boat, boat, boat. And Jesus is like, he's walking on the water. I don't know how he did it. And the boat represents to me the familiar, the way that we always do it. Well, that's just the way we always do it. I don't even like it, but that's the way we do it. Well, why don't you change? No, you don't want to change. Why don't you want to change? That's the way we always do it. And change becomes a dirty word. But you know what I love about Peter? Is that Peter gets out of the boat and goes beyond his comfort zone. And he begins to walk on the water. And ladies and gentlemen, number two, here's the second benefit of change. When you get out of the boat, barriers are broken. Barriers are broken. Barriers are broken. Peter decides to take a risk to have some faith, get out of his comfort zone. And we know, ladies and gentlemen, in reality, he wasn't really walking on the water. In reality, he was walking on Jesus's word. And when Jesus says, come, you can bank on it and you can walk on it. You can build your life on that word. Come on, change. Peter said, I'm coming out. You know, 
I lived most of my life in El Paso, almost 11 years, serving in one of the greatest churches in America, and I love it. Had a great youth ministry. Man, about 700 students, 750 a week that were coming, and man, good money. I was traveling, had great friends, and uh, God had given us a great house, and we're just living, and all of a sudden, change starts to happen. My desires in my heart started to change. I didn't say this last service because we didn't have all the time, but you need to pay attention to your desires. Because a lot of the times your desires, God has put desires in you. That's why you have those desires. Not all desires are bad. The Bible says delight yourself in the Lord and you will know and you, he'll give you the desires of your heart. And why does he give you the desires of your heart? Because he's put them in there. There's a reason why you like kids ministry. There's a reason why you like youth ministry. There's a reason. Well, there's desires. And so, you know what? I started to have a desire to be with my family and move to California. And there's a lot of people say, oh, I love California. I love it. We got on vacation. I love California. Yeah, I love California. But you know what? God started to give me a supernatural love for a city. And desire started to shift, and I was comfortable. But you know what? I said, God, if you're calling me to get out of the boat, I'm, I had a steady job. Now I have no job. I went from employment to unemployment. But how many of you know I, I'm still working for God? And I said, I'm going for it. There's no plan B. But when I got out of the boat, ladies and gentlemen, barriers were broken in my life. Listen, the same God that gave me that house is the same God that'll give me another house. Houses aren't a problem for God. They are for the government and other people. But you know what? For God, it's not a problem. So everything I have is his. He created that water that they were walking on. That's the God that we serve. But you know what? Barriers are broken. And I've realized in 15 years of youth ministry, that, man, a lot of people have barriers. In their life. I had barriers in my life. I had issues. I had parental issues. But you know what? Let me tell you, God broke some barriers in my life because I said, God, I have faith in you. I don't know what barriers you have this morning. Financial barriers. Social barriers. I have social anxiety. I am so shy. I don't even like to look at myself in the mirror. Maybe a barrier for you today is sickness, and it is a barrier. But you know what? We serve a God who walks on water. We serve a God whose name is above every name. We serve a God whose name is above cancer. His name is above migraine headaches. His name is above the name of diabetes. His name is above AIDS. His name is above every single name. And his word says that by his stripes, you are already healed. Now, you can live with that sickness if you want to. But don't blame God. Oh, my back hurts. I'd love to come to that work day, but my back hurts. <laughs> well, is that all you're going to do? If you're going to say something, why not say his word over your life? Why not say, you know what? My back is healed by the name of Jesus. And put your hand on that back and say, back, you are healed. And tell your back, you are healed. And start to do something that you never did before. Barriers are broken. And so he gets out. And we know the story. He's looking at Jesus. He's having a great, and all of a sudden something shifts. He begins to look at the wind and the waves and, but let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, again, they were already contrary. He was already doing it. 
But he shifts his, his perspective and takes his eyes off Jesus. And here's the third barrier to change. Failure. Peter starts to sink. He starts to sink. Now, people have said this to me before. Well, Pastor Phil, why, why should I even try? I may fail. That is a possibility. And what I love about this story is that Peter actually does. He begins to drown. He begins to drown. But ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you this. I would rather try and fail than never have tried. Listen, I would rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker. You can stay in the boat and talk all you want. I may be a little wet, but I'm walking on water. I'm just tired. I get tired of the critics. I, I watch football a lot, and I, I get tired of the critics. I start to look at the critics. I'm like, who are you? You haven't even been in the game. As a matter of fact, you look like you could get in the gym and do some workouts. And you're criticizing Tim Tebow? Give me a break. Who are you? I want to know somebody who's on the field. Then we'll talk. failure. Pastor Phil, what if you go out there and your church doesn't work? What if it does? <laughs> what if it does? What if I pray the word of God and I never get healed? What if you do? What if you do? But you know what I've noticed? Those people who say, well, I've never failed in my whole entire life. Yeah, you never failed because you never did anything. So don't criticize me when I start to do something. Jesus said, come. And this is what I love. Just, just give me, uh, before you play, just give me a minute. Just, and then, then we'll get spiritual here in a moment. So once she starts playing that, it's like, oh, everybody. Because you're awesome. Just make sure your cell phone is on vibrate. Just want to make sure, because these moments, you know, you can never get them back. <laughs> See, this is one of those moments where Jesus died and then he rose again. And Peter, and I love this story because it shows us his humanity. And he he fails. And I want you to notice something here real quick. I want you to notice how Jesus responds to Peter's failure. Peter starts to drown. And this is what he does. He says two words. Lord, save me! And notice what Jesus does. The Bible says immediately. Say that with me. Say immediately. immediately. Jesus reached out. But sometimes when you read the Bible, you have to look what Jesus doesn't do. And let me mess with our theology a little bit sometimes. Notice what Jesus didn't do. And a lot of people think that Jesus would do this. Here, Peter is thinking, Lord, save me. Notice what Jesus didn't do. <laughs> Peter, you're such a moron. <laughs> look at you drowning. Oh, Peter. Peter, are you learning from this circumstance? 
Peter, see what happens when you keep your eyes off of moi. This is what happens. Disciples, look. Look at Peter. Don't do this. Peter, Peter, I told you to take swimming lessons, and you didn't. What kind of fisherman doesn't take swimming lessons, Peter? I'm drowning. Peter, Peter, eyes on me. Did you learn your lesson, Peter? I'm trying to teach you something. Did you? I like this one. Peter, until you learn the lesson, you're just going to stay where you're at. That's not what the Bible says Jesus did. As a matter of fact, all Peter had to do was call on his name. Jesus! He saved him. And then... Come on, Peter, let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit. But you know what? If you mess up and if you fail, just call on his name. Because the same God that called you in is the same God that will call you out. Jesus. If you don't understand that, say in Spanish, Jesucristo. And he walks. Now, let me just say this. This is not in the Bible. But I think about this. You can, you can go ahead and play. Watch, watch what happens. Isn't that amazing? I feel like we're at a wedding. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's good to laugh at church. It is. It is. The Bible says it's like a medicine. It opens up your heart. Some of you haven't laughed in a couple years. I'm looking at your face. <laughs> people laugh, and then I bring people up here. Look at the crowd, and you see people like. <laughs> Just trying to help you out a little bit. I don't have any friends I know. <laughs> Smile a little bit, you know, and I'm tired of being single. Smile. It's okay. It's a gift. So medicine opens up our heart. If you can't laugh in church, where can you laugh? Take a breath. Take a breath. It's okay. This is not in the Bible, but a lot of people dog on Peter because of his failure. A lot of messages are preached about his failure. I want to tell you today, Peter was the only man besides Jesus that ever walked on water. And the disciples, again, this is just my opinion, but the disciples could have been in the boat, and as Peter walked back with Jesus, they could have said, Peter, you're a screw-up, man. Look at you, always just out there saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, drowning. You almost got yourself killed, Peter. What's wrong with you? Peter could have always looked at them and said, yeah, but I did it. I did it. And this is my question, ladies and gentlemen. I wonder if some point in the disciples' lives after that day, 
Maybe not that night, but maybe a couple days when they laid their head on the floor. Because I know this would have been me. I would have wondered, could I have walked on water? If I would have said, Lord, let me come. And he would have said, yes. Could I have done that? I made a decision in my life that I would never live with the what if question. What if I would have got out of the boat? I told my wife the other night, it was about three and a half months ago before we moved, left everything we had. Should we move? Should we not move? We feel this is God. And I said, you know what, hon? I said, I don't want to live with the question, what if we would have started a church? I can't live with that. What if lives were changed? What if the whole, I'm 40 years old. I have about 30 more years, 35 more years. Most people are getting their pensions and getting everything ready to retire. And I'm forsaking everything. Absolute insanity. Doesn't make sense. But it doesn't make sense for people to walk on water either. And I don't want to go to bed every night going, what if we would have planted a church? I don't know if I want to do that. What if I failed? Don't want to do that. I would rather have gone and failed than have never tried. Because I know that I serve a God who walks on water. And he says, come. And here's the third benefit to change. It's growth. It's growth. Peter's faith grew. Peter experienced the power of God like no other person. Like no other person. And the Bible says this, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Ladies and gentlemen, Peter did it. And you can do it too. Because we serve a God who walks on water. And he wants his people to be people who walk on water too. That's why he invites you to come. He'll break any barrier. He'll calm your fears. He will. Sometimes I really think that the frustration in our lives is because there's a rate of growth that God wants for us to happen but we, we give resistance. And there's always resistance to change. That's why I said in the beginning of the story, the winds were already contrary. There was already resistance, but Jesus walks above the resistance. And he invites you to come, to grow. And Peter, Jesus makes a statement to Peter that it boggles my mind because he says, you know what? He says, Peter, oh ye of little faith, why'd you doubt? And I'm like, oh, you have little faith. Peter got out of the boat. I mean, what does that make the guys in the boat? But you know what Jesus was saying again after he restored him? He's saying, look, you had faith. Does it take more faith to get out of the boat than it actually does to walk on the water? You did it. Peter, you could finish because I am the author and the finisher of your faith. And what I am doing in you, I will complete. I will finish. So keep your eyes on me. No matter how big the waves are, 
no matter how the wind blows. And he grew. You know, I think a lot of our lives, we think about being defined by our failures. But you know what? There's a lot of successful people who are a success, but they have a lot of failures. As a matter of fact, they say the person, somebody like Babe Ruth, if you ever look at his, his, his record, he had a lot of home runs, but he had a lot of strikeouts. But you know why? Because he was always swinging for the fence. The bigger the swing, the bigger the strike, but the bigger the home run. When I say the name Michael Jordan, you don't think, oh, that's the guy that failed at baseball. Michael Jordan played baseball, ladies and gentlemen, and he failed. He didn't do well. But when I say his name, you think about the greatest basketball player that ever lived. God does not define you by your failures. You shouldn't either. And Jesus is calling you. See, when you, as the congregation, start to walk on the water, even what what Pastor Eric was saying today, then the church walks on water. We go to a whole new level. When you go to a whole new level, the church goes to a whole new level. Ladies and gentlemen, there are people to be reached. The church, we need to be changing. We need to be reaching people. We need to go to a whole nother level all the time. There's more people. I'm glad. I'm glad today. I'm glad to see all these people. I really am. I'm really encouraged. But I can't tell you that looking at all of you, I'm not looking at where is this person? Where is that person this morning? Where is this person this morning? Where is this person this morning? These are people that need Jesus. These are people that are on their way to hell. And you know what? We need to reach them. And how does that happen? By us going to another level. And people looking at us and saying, I don't know how you're doing good in a down economy because I'm walking on the water with Jesus. And he's calling us to come. I want you to close your eyes this morning. Are you ready to see some barriers? Are you tired of the barriers? Are you tired of just looking at the barriers and saying, wow, that's a big barrier? Are you tired of just talking about how long the barrier has been there? Or are you ready to break through the barrier? Because God is saying, come. Come. Put the fear aside. Fear of failure. Fear of unknown. Because I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. I've seen it happen, ladies and gentlemen. I've seen barriers be broken. I'm not a huge financial guy. I I just know that me and my wife said, no matter what the economy, we're going to give. We're going to be givers because God's economy is not down. We're going to give. Every head bowed and every eye closed. When I talked to my pastor about leaving, and the interesting thing is he said, I was praying and God kind of showed me already that you were going to be going and they blessed us and And he said, we want to give you $15,000 to help and start your new church. Another friend of mine came forward. I was telling him what we're doing and gave me $5,000. And ladies and gentlemen, I have not asked anybody for one penny yet. We have not officially started a fundraising campaign. And God is already providing the people. 
He's providing the finances. And on Friday, we're going to be looking at a building to see barriers are being broken. But none of that happened till I took that step of faith. I've never experienced God like I've experienced him in the, in the last three months. And I really believe it's because I haven't been living at this level of faith. What do you need? Is it a financial barrier? What is it? Today, God's gonna bring change. And here's the first change he wants to bring. I never like to close out a service without giving you the opportunity to have this incredible relationship with him without the opportunity to experience this incredible change. So many people, man, they try to change themselves, but Jesus wants to change you. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Phil, I need a relationship with God. Listen, Jesus did not die on the cross so we could have a religion and just rituals. Jesus died on the cross so we could have access to him, to the Father. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. And Jesus died on that cross. He became sin, all the sin of the world, past, present, and future, so you could be forgiven of sins. Jesus on the cross looked up to heaven and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was forsaken by God so you wouldn't have to be. He went to hell, ladies and gentlemen, for three days so you wouldn't have to go there. And then he rose again. And this part still baffles me. And he wants to live now inside of you. And for eternity, when you close your eyes for the last time on this earth and open them up in heaven, God wants to spend eternity with you because he loves you so much. And if you're here today and you say, I need Jesus, I need him to be the sacrifice for my sin. Pastor Phil, I want a relationship with God. I want to be born again. Lady Gaga says, you were born this way. Jesus says, you can be born again. If you're here and you say, include me in this prayer, would you just lift your hand right where you're at tonight? Would you just lift your hand? Anybody? God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Anybody else? This is the greatest miracle of all. Anybody else before we pray? Let's all stand. Could we all stand before we say this, this prayer? We have a couple of moments. Close your eyes for just a moment. Let's all say this together because today at One Cause, we've had some people who today are becoming a part of the family of God. The eternal address is changing from heaven to hell in their lives. They are going to become a son or daughter of God. Come on, let's all pray this. Say, Father God. Come on, say it loud. Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for me. Father God, forgive me of my sins. All of them. Today, I am washed clean. Jesus, come inside my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to live for you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. This morning and just this last minute, I want you to do something different. If you've never been in an environment like this and you've never raised your hand, I want you to raise your hands. Come on. Let, let some barriers just this morning be broken. Come on, if you've never confessed God's word over your situation, come on, start to confess his word. Come on, let's see some barriers this morning be broken. 
I've seen people who have been addicted to drugs for years and God broke that barrier in their life and they are free today because the Bible says whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's freedom. Come on. If you need a financial breakthrough, come on. God is a God who breaks barriers. Come on. Let Him break some barriers. Maybe it's some social stuff in your life. Maybe a barrier for you has been the broken heart that you've had. Let Him heal your heart. Come on. Let's just lift our hands for just a minute. Come on, he's calling us. It's time for change. It's time for change. It's time to walk on the water with him. Come on, get out of the boat. Get out of the boat. Do something different in Jesus' name. Come on, I'm trying to shake you up just a little bit, a little bit. Come on, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Be healed in your body. Be made whole in your body. In Jesus' name. Well, Pastor Phil, I need a job. Maybe that's your barrier. Well, he can give you one. He can open doors that no man can shut. And he'll shut doors that no man can open. That was our prayer. God, if you're calling us, man, you open the doors that not even anybody can shut. That... The same God that created you is the same God who can create a job for you. I met a man in Oklahoma City that said he was on the brink of shutting his whole company down. He just didn't know what to do. And he said, Phil, I just, I just prayed and I believe God, that God is gonna do something. And he said the day before he was about to shut everything down, two of the biggest projects that he's ever had in his life came to him. It's not over until God says it's over. Come on. It's time to believe again. It's time to stop worrying about everything. It's time to let him do something. Let him do it. He knows the money you need for college. He can give it to you. He can open the door. He can give you the scholarship. This is about him, ladies and gentlemen, and us just responding to his word. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. There is nothing too difficult for you. And Lord, we refuse this morning to keep you in a little small box. But Lord, may the unfamiliar become familiar to us. May the impossible become possible with you. Lord, do what you want in our lives. We're willing to change. Come on, say that with me. Say change, change, change. Come on, give the Lord a good round of applause. Change, change, change. We love you. I wish I had, we had a little more time to kind of pray, and, and, and we'll do that tonight. I'd love for you to come and meet John the Baptist or, um, or the, bap, the bap, baptizer or um, Alka Seltzer. I don't know. Um, but we'd love to see you tonight. If you're ever in California, follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Come say hi to us. People ask me, you already have a church? We don't have a church. I have eight members. It's our family, and we're just starting. 
And we're going to do a launch probably in August or, or January, depending on how the money and all that comes in. And I believe people's lives are going to be restored. I believe that people's marriages are going to be restored. I believe teenagers' lives are going to be so different because of a church that God is planting. And this is what we don't understand, and I'm understanding this. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been in church for 20 years. And I look at my life and I say, thank God for your church. Because if it was not for church, I don't know where I would be. And this church, you have a great pastor, very young pastor, but this church will outlive us. And it will reach generations. Once again, thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. We invite you to check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com for upcoming events and information about us. God bless you.